0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles, if you would, uh, to the book of Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter, or your phone or your uh, iPad or whatever you use. And uh, first of all, thank you for being here today. Uh, and thank you for being open to the Lord. Let me just encourage every one of you. This Christian journey that you're on, it's going to last a lifetime. And in that lifetime, you're going to learn some things. You're going to have some setbacks. You're going to make some mistakes. But God's mercy will always go deeper than your mistakes. Can everybody, can everybody say hallelujah? hallelujah? Now, Always will. I just want you to know that. Now, in the book of James, it says this, that... If you have shown little mercy, then you'll receive little mercy. And I always tell people that. Always be compassionate and gracious and merciful. Always. Because as you practice it in your life, then when you need it, it'll be there for you. I said, it'll be there for you. And uh, I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy in my life on a daily basis. If you agree, say amen. And so we practice that. Now, I've been doing a started of series. Uh, just recently, this past Sunday, on the, I called it the person power and purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when there was this thing called the outpouring of God's Spirit, that uh, this was something that God had promised, something that he had prophesied. He said in the book of Ezekiel and other places that he would put his Spirit within us and uh, and but what was interesting. He Joel prophesied this. He said, "In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh." Amen. Because God knew that we would need supernatural equipping. Now, when he said that, he said, "In the last days." Well, that happened in the Book of Acts. So, two thousand years ago, the last days started. So, we probably are in the last of the last days. Uh, uh, of this dispensation, the, dis, the a dispensation is a is, is it's, it's a um, it's a time a a one be, beginning of it and the end and this dispensation called the church age is two thousand years. Well, we are already approaching the end of that dispensation. That means the Lord could return, uh, and we just simply um, uh, preach that the return of Christ, the rapture of the church, because that it purifies us, it keeps us focused and. Uh, I want to I want to go on the first boatload. How about you? Yeah. We don't have nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, people are always concerned. Uh, is it going to be pre, mid, or post tribulation? It doesn't matter. There's people that tribulate their whole lives, yeah. and, and, and um, with certain uh, adversities in their life, and um, and so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Just stay faithful to God, and when the Lord comes, we'll be already. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So the last days of the last days. And so you could see, as you studied through the book of Acts, there was a great outpouring of the Spirit. But with the great outpouring of the Spirit, there was also adversity and persecution. And it's so sad that all you want to do is help people. All they wanted to do back then is preach Jesus, let people know how much he loves them, wants to deliver them, set them free. And of course, Satan doesn't want that to happen. So he, he brings uh, a persecution, attacks against the church, and those attacks are real today as what was back then. I said this last week to bring that to break to, to be um start this series. I said, whether you realize it or not, you will have spiritual warfare all the days of your life. You're gonna have warfare. There's gonna be that the Bible says in Ephesians 6, and remember, the book of Ephesians is all about relationships. It's re, our relationships between us and God, our relationships among one another, uh, relationships with in our families as marriages and, and siblings, etc., etc. And that warfare started. In the book of uh, Genesis, Cain was responsible to be a leader and a spiritual guide to his brother. But instead of that, he allowed the devil to get into his nature. And and he, of course, he was the first man to murder his brother. And so, um, you know, if you would have just stayed in faith and stayed in love, all would have went well. If you'll just stay in faith and stay in love, all, everything will uh, be well. But there is such a thing as spiritual warfare. Amen. And that is why God sent the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, into the earth on the day of Pentecost so that we could be equipped for this kind of warfare. We wrestle not, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there is warfare going on. It's been going on since the very beginning of time. It's just that the good news is when Jesus died and rose from the dead, he sent us a helper in in the ministry and person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so this is what we want to talk about this morning. In many churches, the only time the Holy Spirit has ever heard is during the dox- doxology. Um, Otherwise, uh, he's ignored, he's not recognized, he's not acknowledged, and therefore he can't do what he wants to do. And that is not only instruct people in the Word of God, but to change people's lives. Raise your hand if your life's been changed in some manner since you come to Faith Family Church. So you can see, again, and I give God all the glory, but you can see uh, it couldn't happen without two things, the presence of the Word of God and the presence of the Spirit of God, because he really is the one who opens the eyes for our understanding. So let's get into it. Luke 24. So this is what is written, the Christ will suffer, Jesus told his disciples, and rise from the dead on the third day, which he did, and repentance, and I want you to see this, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in, the name, in, the, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things of what of repentance and forgiveness of sins. You're the only one. You're the only, to the world outside. You're the only one that can identify with forgiveness and repentance, or repentance forgiveness. Have you ever been forgiveness uh, forgiven of something even since you've been saved? Hallelujah! So you're the only one that has that message to the world that Jesus loves. Verse forty, uh, he said, "I'm going to send you what my Father has promised." But I want you to stay in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed or equipped with power from on high, meaning supernatural power, supernatural power that comes through the uh, third person of the Godhead. I just want to encourage you that there is someone living on the inside of you. If you're born again, child of God, if Christ is in your life today, you have a real person living on the inside of you, and he's called the Holy Spirit, not the unholy spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for that. Jesus said in John 16, 13, and now he introduced the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And in fact, Pastor Vicki was talking about it at prayer today. John 14, 15, and 16, he spent some time preparing the disciples, first introducing to the, Holy, the Holy Spirit to them and preparing them to receive him into their lives, okay? And he says, he... Um, Oh, before I said that, I just wanted to... Okay, I missed this part. Before I read that scripture, I want to say that I just want to share a couple of things about what the Holy Spirit is not, okay, so you understand that what, he, what he is not. First of all, the Holy Spirit is not an attitude, an atmosphere, or an environment, though he definitely influences all of three of those areas, um, he's a a presence or an atmosphere doesn't speak, but a person does. So the Holy Spirit speaks just yesterday. And I'm not trying to, I'm not, now this is for every one of you. I'm not trying to over spiritualize anything, but just yesterday alone, I heard him speak to me three times. And the more you hear the spirit speak to you, uh, the more you want that in your life. Amen. I said, amen. No, he doesn't have to speak to you to take a shower. You, You should get that witness yourself. You know, but but he does. He specifically wants to instruct you and guide you in your life and help you. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. And so that that was so precious to me when I heard him speak three times. I mean, the moment he spoke, I knew it was him. And I said, Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you. You're just overwhelmed with gratitude because he literally is a real person living on the inside of you. Can I can I have an amen? amen? So he is a person. Praise God. That speaks. A person that thinks and plans and communicates. He's the voice of the Godhead. Listen to this. To us, for us, and through us. In John, in John's gospel, John talked about, Jesus identified the Holy Spirit as a mentor. Here's what he said. He shall teach you all things, all things pertaining to the kingdom of God, okay, and guide you into all the truth, or all truth. Spiritual truth, not only that will not only that will change your life and set you free, but spiritual truth that He wants to minister through you to someone else who needs to be free. I don't know if you know people around you that are not saved. You can tell it by their lifestyle and by the way they talk and the way they live. But the, but the only difference between you and them is Jesus, and Jesus wants to set them free just as much as you. And they're as miserable as you were before you met Jesus. And so all God has looked for is a vessel. See. Here's the thing about the world around us. See, we want the world around us to change, but the only way it it can change is through the body of Christ. I just want you to know that. They say that less than 1% of the believer, less than 1% of believers in America have ever led one person to the Lord. So if that be the case, no wonder why God can't get anything done. Because he can only get things done through his body. Do you understand that? through his body. The only th- and you qualify the most. You, you qualify the most, not because you have together, but because God keeps you together. Can I have an amen? And so you qualify the most to be used by God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I wrote this down years ago. Pastor Vicki preached on this. He, she said this, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. Did you hear me? If God can get it through you, who'll get it to you? We want the manifested presence of God. We want His power on display. But hey, if we're not being willing to be used by God, then uh, it's like that Dead Sea. Uh, The Jordan River, fresh water comes into the Dead Sea every day. But because there's no outlet, the Dead Sea, nothing can live in there. And all it is is a stench, it's a smell. Well, we want to be a sweet-smelling savor to God. We want to carry the fragrance of the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? So people can get close to us, and they perceive there's something different about us—the way we talk, the way we respond in our lives to pressure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. God wants to display His glory, but He can only do it through the church. If you believe that, again, say amen. So, what is the Holy Spirit? What else is He not? In Acts, the second chapter on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says he came, uh, he came uh, as a rushing mighty wind and like as cloven tongues of fire, yet he's neither of those. He's a person. And um, uh, he's the third person of the Godhead. And the Bible says you know, in Luke 3 that he descended upon Jesus in a bodily shape like a dove, but he's not a dove. He is a real person. Say this out loud. I have, I have. a real person living on the inside of me. And I just want, I want you to capture that. And why? Because I said this in the first service, have you ever had somebody over to your house, a guest, and all of a sudden, because you have a guest in your home, you're gonna buck up and act more Christ-like than you really would when there's no one around. Lighten up a little bit. I don't why? Because there's a, some you have someone visiting, so you don't want to just lose it and freak out like you uh, would in other situations around people that you know like your family. And so you control your emotions and you set a certain standard amongst them because they're visiting. Well, how much more should we be conscious of that we have someone living in us every second of every day that we literally can grieve, the Bible says, by just how we, how we respond to situations in our lives, how we talk, how we act, how we treat one another. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can sadden Him inside. We can cause Him to retreat and not be able to display His glory in us by, by acting more like the Adamic nature than the spirit nature that is new in Christ. Can I have an amen? So these things... These are the things that we we have to capture and understand that we have someone living on the inside of us called the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when God breathed into Adam's nostrils uh, uh, um, the breath of life in Genesis, the uh, second chapter, verse seven, Adam received two things, and I'm going to capture. He received the person. And the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you to capture that. Because some people think that if they're not quote unquote spirit filled and don't pray in the Spirit, that, they're not, that they, don't, they don't have God's Spirit in you. The moment you receive Christ in your life, His Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. Did you catch that? Amen. I don't want you to think that you don't have God living on the inside of you. You do by the person of the Holy Spirit. So God breathed into His nostrils, listen, not only the he, uh, not only the he breathed into his, the Holy Spirit was breathed inside of him, he had both the presence, the, the, the person of the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit on the inside of him, okay? I want you to capture that. Why? Because that happened to you. The day that you received Christ in your heart, you had somebody real come inside of you. Why? Well, because To live inside of you. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to display his glory in your life. I said, in your life. And of course, we know that the thing he displays more than anything, or wants to, is the nine fruit of the Spirit. It's it's interesting how it's fruit singular, but there's nine of them. Every one of them is the character and personality of the Holy Spirit, which God wants to display in your life. Now, Job said this. He said, the Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me a life. Say, the Spirit of God made me. Amen. That's what the Bible says. In Ezekiel 37, as Ezekiel is prophesying over Israel, the spiritual condition of condition of Israel, and he's prophesying or promising them that, that he's going to provide for them resurrection life, he says this, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, and I will lay sin upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Listen, I don't, I'm not sure, but it's a very low percent of Jewish people that are saved, a real small percentage Uh, but God is going to show forth his resurrection power in Israel. He will do it. And right now, at this time, they are our brothers and sisters, whether you realize that or not. And what does that mean? They're not born again. They're living in darkness, but you and I are their intercessors. You and I are standing in the gap for Israel that all, like Paul says, all Israel shall be saved. Can I have an amen? So we are the spiritual side. And and don't get so arrogant. Why? Because the Bible says if God could graft a wild branch into the original vine, he can can graft the original vine back uh, to its original state. That's spiritually alive. So God is going to be displaying his glory in that manner. But right now we pray for them. Now, in John's gospel, after Christ was risen from the dead and, and, and prior to his disciples being uh, clothed with uh, power from on high, this happened in John 20. Then the same day at evening, be, be, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. He had just died three days before that. They watched him just brutally massacred. Uh, the, the Bible says in Isaiah 14, uh, uh, 50, Uh, fourth chapter, verse 14, that Jesus was so dismembered. He was so, uh, they so destroyed his body that he didn't even look like a man. And um, and Satan was going to make sure, you know, that this guy wasn't going to come back. He came back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, he goes on and says this, Jesus stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. When he said Uh, When he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Oh, the Bible says, they were glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. I want you to catch this. He breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then he said this, whosoever sins you remit, they will be remitted. And whosoever sins you um, uh, retain, that shall be retained. So just to help you out, right here in this text of John 20, when he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, that was not the the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2. And why is that? Because at this moment, prior to him saying that, they weren't born again. So the first thing they needed to do was receive the spirit of redemption or salvation, So when he breathed on them, the moment he breathed on them and says, receive you the Holy Ghost, then he made this statement, whoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So right here, listen, he was telling them, now that you're born again and you possess the nature of God on the inside, forgiveness, forgiveness will be easily accessed and inherently exercised. When When I say inherently Every one of you as a born again Christian has the power to forgive. It's inherent in you. And, the, and, and the, only reason, the, the only reason people have a hard time forgiving is they refuse to. They just simply refuse to. I've had opportunity. I've, you know, I've cried many tears through the years of people I've known I've hurt. You know, and I've cried out to God. I said, God, I pray, I pray that they will forgive me. On the other hand... Uh, On the other hand, I pray uh, also that, um, you know, that people have hurt me through the years, and I say, Lord, I release them by faith. I forgive them by faith. I had to do that. The Lord said to me one day, I, said, I somebody had done something to me many, many years ago when we first started our ministry, and, um, and I was going down the road mauling on that in my truck, and, and the Lord spoke to me, and he says, you forgive them. That's how he said it. He said it very firmly. You forgive them. I mean, I didn't even argue. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, I forgive him." and I never brought it back up again. And we get in trouble when we don't walk that way. So I said, well, anyway. So I said, Lord, how do I forgive him? He said, by faith. And so I forgive him by faith. I said, Lord, I forgive him by faith. I said that. And praise God, it was over. That was it. Never, ever brought it up again. Never thought about it again. That was it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was free and he was free. Amen. So see, that's what God wants out of us as believers. That is the Christ-like life. That is the life that is inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, now that they were born again, forgiveness was easy, praise the Lord, and also inherent. So, right here, we can see that, that there are two separate encounters of the Holy Spirit. One for salvation, and in Acts 2, one for divine equipping. Let me read the Passion Bible. It says this, "'Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit.'" I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. Did you guess that? You know, I mean, outside these doors, there's a world that lives in guilt. And they really do believe that, that they could never, ever be forgiven of certain things in their lives. And they won't until you tell them. Until you tell them, hey, God forgives you. God is merciful. What you've done, he hung on the cross to pay for. Amen. Amen. I said, amen. But they'll not know it until you tell them. So they remain guilty. And that's our calling. Paul, actually, in the book of Corinthians, he called this um, the ministry of reconciliation or the message of reconciliation. And that word reconciliation is a beautiful word. It means an exchange. Exchange. Jesus took upon our sins so that we could take upon us his righteousness, It's called the great exchange, redemption is, restoration of divine favor. Let me read it here in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man or if any person or any woman or a man or child is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things, what? All things regarding this new creation, all things regarding this new creation within are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us sinners to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. And then what did he do? And then he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation so that, that by word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Now watch this. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, Favor, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. And then what did he do? He committed to us the message of re- reconciliation of the restoration to favor. See, if you don't understand the person of the Holy Spirit, even you won't walk in his favor. Because you'll walk in guilt, condemnation, you'll, you'll, you'll walk in compromise constantly. See, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you, instruct you from the Bible so he can change your character on the inside. He can change you so that, I, I, I've said this often, but you have to understand Remember, uh, uh, you, are, you are a threefold being. You're, you're triune like God. You're a spirit being on the inside. When I look out here and I see all of you, what I'm actually seeing, I, all I'm seeing is uh, the, the product of your mom and dad, your parents. That's, I'm, seeing, I, I, I'm seeing people. I see, you know, if I, I, if I, knew, if I met your parents, I'd say, aha, you look like mom, you look like dad. But on the inside, you look like God. Or well, Hopefully you do. Amen. Or uh, Yeah, you do look like God, but now you got to act like God. Can I have an amen? And so th- so inside, you're God, uh, God-like. Okay, then you have a soul, which is made up of your mind, your own emotions. And the Bible says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transformed is the word metamorphosis. For a for a caterpillar to have this divine of this supernatural transformation into a butterfly, it's got to wrap itself around a cocoon. It makes a cocoon around itself. It does it. Instinctively, it knows that if there's going to be a divine change in its life, it's got to separate himself from the world around him and crawl into this thing called a cocoon, make it himself, and he stays there until this divine and supernatural transformation takes place. That's what it is about the Bible. You come and you read the Word. You come to church and you um, sit under the Word of God. All of a sudden, transformation begins to take place. Change begins to take place. Amen. Amen. That's how important these things are. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, the renovating of your mind. The mind is the gateway to the heart. The heart is the manufacturing center. In Proverbs 6, I believe, verse 17, And the, uh, the Amplified, it says, The heart is the manufacturing center that everything that you think and, and you begin to speak, it goes back into your heart and begins to manufacture those things. That's why it's, Jesus says, By your words you're justified, and by your words you're condemned. Oh my goodness. How many agree that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis? Amen. And he really is there for you to support you. Amen. Amen. So we have the message of reconciliation. We're the only one, we're the only ones that know the depths of God's mercy because he displays it to us on a daily basis. Except of course for the self-righteous, but we don't have them here today. I said can I have an amen? Amen. We really are a people that constantly need fixing, constantly need repair. Why? Because we carry this Adamic nature that is constantly fighting against the nature of God on the inside, constantly. Amen. But the good news is greater: is He that is in you than He is in the world. I just want you to know that we all are struggling and challenged of life at different seasons. Some seasons are easier than others, but they're still seasons. But in all that, God said, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." Praise the Lord. No. I'm going to wind this down. John 16, the Message Bible. Say, say, I have the Holy Spirit Spirit living living in me. Amen. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you, Jesus said, that I go. He's addressing his disciples. He's about ready to die on the cross. But if I don't leave, the friend won't come. Praise God. Thank God for the friendship of the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. Also, that righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. And that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. Now, I still have many things to tell you. But you can't help them. See, they couldn't understand what he was saying until the Holy Spirit got inside of them and opened up the eyes of their understanding. How many of you have ever read something from the Bible, even after you were saved, and you didn't understand what it meant? Raise your hand. See? See, there, this, there's something spiritually, just like naturally. You're born a little baby, mom and dad, they're parenting you, they're feeding you, can't take care of yourself. All of a sudden, you keep growing from babyhood to childhood to, uh, you know, to adulthood. That process, that journey, you learn all sorts. And, and the, more, the more humble and submissive you are, the, you know, the, the, the more you'll, you'll be rewarded for your life of, of faith and obedience, and that's the way it is spiritually. Things don't change overnight, and God understands that. God knows. Have you ever seen a little child trying to get up and walk, and they trip and fall? Well, any loving parent doesn't kick the kid in the butt and say, hey, can't you, hey, get up and walk. No, no, no. He understands there's a process of growth. What's well, the same with you? You're gonna trip and fall and make mistakes in your life. Well, God still never leave you nor forsake you. I don't, care. I don't care how many times you are stupid, God is still there to train you, to help you, to pick you up uh, and, and keep you going for him. Can I have an amen? amen? He's a lot more merciful to you than you realize. Let's go on. He says... I, you, I, I, wanna, I, I got many things to tell you, but I can't, you can't handle them right now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you. is that beautiful? Amen. I, is anybody here this morning? Yes. I said, isn't that beautiful? Yes. He will take you by the hand and guide you. That, that, what that means is he understands your childishness. He understands where you're at spiritually. Thank you, Lord. He'll take you by the hand, guide you into all the truth that there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. Indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me, Jesus says. He will take from me and deliver to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said, he, the Holy Spirit, takes from me and delivers to you. So you have he, how many are born again here? Raise your hand if you've got Christ in your heart. So I just want to, again, remind you, you have a real person living on the inside of you. That's why every day I have, you know, every day, I mean, I don't care, it's yesterday, you know, I don't plan on doing anything today, but please God, but the pressures of life come, you end up saying something stupid, doing something stupid, and what do you do? Immediately, I apologize to the Holy Spirit. Immediately, oh, I say, oh, Holy Spirit. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry for grieving you. I'm so sorry for, for acting like this and speaking like this. Please forgive me. And guess what? He's right there to minister to you. Is that awesome or what? Who else are you going to go to? I'm just saying. And he's not a blabbermouth. He's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> This is better than how you're acting. Hallelujah. <laughs> I got to wind this down. John 14, verse 15. Listen, let me read this and we'll close. Jesus says, if you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. Pastor Vicky, you read that this morning. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. I want you to stop and think about that. For three and a half years, they followed him. He provided for them. He healed their bodies. He protected them from soldiers and everybody else who were trying to, their Pharisees and everybody else who were trying to take them out. You know, he, he, he provided for their families. Can you imagine what it must have cost? That's why People think that Jesus was poor. No, poor. no, he was very, very financially well off. You don't steal from a bag unless there's a lot of money in that bag, so nobody knows you stole from it. That's what Judas said. For three years, the Lord gave him a chance to repent and conquer that greed in his life, but he didn't, okay? But Jesus was very successful, and uh, Judas was very insecure, and therefore, he wasn't able to conquer that greed. But Jesus, he didn't have... I mean, he had to take care of, uh, at one point, 70 disciples and their families. Come on, work with me. He didn't just, uh, you know... Go to their house and whip up, uh, uh, multiply the fish and the, the, the bread like some people think he did. That happened. That happened, but in very rare occasions and for a specific purpose. I mean, one story that people had said to them, let's try this today. They stayed with them for three days. I'm going to preach now for three days and see how many are left after three hours. But they stayed with them for three days. And, 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 and he said, man, we got to feed these people. They've been with me three days. And so, of course, you know the story. He multiplied the, the, the fish and the, and the loaves, something supernatural. But that's not the way he operated all the time. He, he was a businessman, and he had to take care of, of 70 disciples. So, yes, he, God had blessed him and provided for him, just like he will for you. Can I have an amen? Just like he will for you. Praise the Lord. Let's go on. So he's, he's, he's I'm going to give you another comforter. I'm, I've been comforting you up to this point. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send another comforter. And the amplifier says he's going to be a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby. That he may remain with you for a few days. Forever. Say forever. forever. Amen. Forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take to its heart because it does not see him or know him and recognize him. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. See, at that point, he was with them. He was with them in the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. But he said, now when I leave, I'm going to send him to live on the inside of you. Say this out loud. I have a real person living inside of me. The Holy Spirit. He really is. Praise God. Put this confession up. I put this confession up, and I just want you all to say it with me. Uh, was I missed the 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 in the beginning. Say, the Holy Spirit is living in me. Let's read it together. To bless, teach, and guide me. I am not alone, nor will I ever be alone. The Spirit of God is living in me. He is my comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Let's stand and give him praise today. Musicians, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.